What the hell? The actual Oscars happened. Oh, nice. <laughs> good job. That's a good intro. Matthew stopped us for like 20 minutes before. You know, we usually do this big prep thing. And he stopped us for 20 minutes. He's like, guys, please, I never get to start the podcast anymore. I really, I have something really good to open up with. <laughs> he said, I had something really good. And Alex and I were like, no, like, we're going to do our thing. We're going to do the, like the really funny bit we have planned. And he's like, Aww. please, please, guys, please let me do my bit. And, you know, I guess this is the audience. You decide how, how this is goes this to show. I mean, after 100 episodes, you 99, know, maybe Matt, me. maybe. Okay, we're basically at 100. Matt's running out of content. <laughs> Looks like we got to get the old talent out of here, get someone new involved. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa. You guys can't hostile take over <laughs> me out of the business. That isn't how this is supposed we're to work. We're calling it the Why tough Why did you say me as if you podcast. wanted to take someone else? Who, who would have been, like, okay? Who would you have been okay with? I'm going to say my joke again. Call it the Tough Coup Podcast. Thanks for All getting right. that one in there. Cool. So we got that <laughs> one in there. Honestly, let the this is an historic podcast because for the first time I have not made the worst joke uh and it's between <laughs> those two so far. Like I, for the first time ever it is Jake, it there's still me. time. I, yeah, still I know. plenty That's of true. time. And you know what? Let us know. Um at, at Tough Cut Pod on social media, who made the worst joke in this episode? Um. We should keep a counter on that. We should keep a counter to make the most awful joke uh, that makes yeah. it into the podcast. That's true. There, some hit the cutting room floor. Um, but yeah, the actual Oscars <laughs> happened. Our predictions were all right. You know, pretty good. All quiet on the Western Front. Apparently, I gotta go see it because that shit swept so many categories. I got scared for yeah. everything everywhere. Honestly, I I told you guys I liked um, All Quiet. Well, you didn't well, pick it nearly as much as you should have. <laughs> that's fair. I though I, you know, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you you may have liked it. You can have that one, but you also got twelve right, like I got twelve right. That is true. That is. True. How many did I get right? Like seven. five. I think it was seven. <sighs> yeah. Sad, Sad that well, Weird Al didn't get more. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was like, why is his like so low? <laughs> <laughs> that I forgot you you liked voted for weird anyway well hello and welcome back we're the tough cut podcast and I'm Matthew I'm Alex I'm Jakers Jakers um and this is episode 99 that's yeah. crazy part three of our 2023 Oscars bracket um I'm gonna ki- I'm gonna kiss podcast. one of y'all like at, a, at 100 yeah again but like i'm gonna go i, I just want so i want to tuck one of you in i know you're expecting something Cute. really special for episode yeah. 100 <laughs> it's just gonna be the finale to the oscar <laughs> bracket um but episode 101 Ooh, it's gonna be a good one it's gonna blow your mind yeah it, it will just blow your mind you, though it will blow your mind but don't expect <laughs> that much for next episode i guess is what Matt is saying. I'm saying expect the content you've come to expect over the course of the past hundred episodes. What what else we got to call out before we hop into? Well, uh, coming at you in today's episode. Yeah, all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Um, we've got our semifinals matchups uh, with Banshees of Inchirin versus Everything Everywhere All at Once, and then in the second half of the episode, we've got Bullet Train versus Barbarian. Which it's like. It's truly a testament to us how, like, yeah, we we do talk about movies, <laughs> um, 
But we really talk about all movies, you know? Like, we're not... There's... <laughs> who? Anyway. Um, spoiler warning for these movies. If you're really, really wanting to know how Bullet Train ends, uh, spoiler warning, Matthew proposes to Joey King. Um... <laughs> I am going to fight you. <laughs> that was the ending of my experience, but I had a bootleg version. So probably Jake, was just Jake is just over. trying to cook me so hard to ensure I try I vote for Barbarian at the end of this. That's what he's <laughs> he's, he's really angling for. But he can't Right. Look, now that I've called it out, he's like, Oh, if you do that, you're tactics. just trying to shut me down. <laughs> we all have our tactics. And you know, I know you want to vote for Bullet Trade. Like that's the issue. I know you Whoa, do. Well, not necessarily. We have to talk about them. Anyway, <laughs> what what else we gotta call out? Yeah, content warnings. There will be content warning if you're gonna be watching Barbarian. Um uh, there is heavily suggested uh sexual abuse involved in it so if you're particularly squeamish to that um or just you know just take care of yourselves we want you guys to watch along with us but only if you're going to be comfortable and have a lovely time and banshees the banshees implied um suicide so take care of yourselves and uh yeah awesome all right thanks for that jake you're so welcome um jumping into our first matchup here um, I can go ahead and reintroduce Banshee's Van Sheeran, directed by Martin McDowell. Tulo, best of friends, are no longer best of friends, uh, because one of them decides unilaterally to end the friendship. Almost like the movie is a whole allegory for the uh, Irish Revolution. Um, it hurts both of them and those around them. Wow. Yeah. It was really beautiful. Throw out like a spoiler. We're like at the third episode. Just throw one out. Um, uh, Jenny the donkey is allowed inside the house sometimes. Okay, but that <laughs> scene where he's like, "I'm not putting the donkey outside when I'm sad." That's like, that's man, so real. I related to him immediately. I was like, "Yeah, I get it." Yeah, I know. I, yeah. I feel like it, it's one of the real, realest things. That, that goes down you know the oscars fucking lied another reason why the tough cut award show is better than the oscar show they tr- dressed up a random donkey in the oscars saying it was jenny the donkey but that wasn't the real jenny the donkey jenny the donkey wasn't invited to the academy awards um yeah. so big fuck you to the academy for I that mean, and big fuck you for lying wow. that for sucks what it's worth jenny's kind of known as a little bit of a little bit of a booze donkey I was gonna say booze hound, but booze hound. It's it's a, you're you're saying Jenny the donkey didn't get invited because she's a known alcoholic in the industry. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, when you put it that way, um, is that anyway, what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes or no? Is that you're I am in fact implying that Jenny the donkey is an alcoholic donkey. Jesus yes. Christ. You're wow. probably right, honestly. Wow. All right, Jake, go ahead and introduce everything everywhere. We're <laughs> 10 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> and the only thing we've decided think... is that Jenny's an alcoholic. Well, yeah, I think the Jenny the donkey joke might take the worst joke of the episode. So far. <laughs> <laughs> and look, again, it was not me. All right, still time. Go I'm ahead, doing Jake. good. All right, everything, everywhere, all at once, directed by the Daniels. Uh, it's, you know, when an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, uh, unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Isn't that weird that that's like what the, that's, that's what Google's synopsis is. And like, it's, it's right. 
But I feel like I feel like that's like like I safe. guess that's the yeah. yeah. It, it really deals, you know, deals with a lot of intergenerational trauma and family shit. Basically, it's saying go to therapy. This movie's just saying go to therapy. Yeah, and um, Banshees of Inchirin is saying the same thing. Yeah. Men will do anything. Men, men will like do cut anything. their own fingers off before <laughs> they go to therapy. Yeah, it's very, it's very, very true. I feel like Banshees is saying, get yourself a therapist who's allowed in the house. Yep. And if Jenny wasn't glug, 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 glugging, then, you know, maybe she'd go to therapy too. <laughs> maybe she had time for therapy. Yeah. Please, Jenny, get some help. We care about you. We want to see you at the Oscars next year. Yeah, for, <laughs> for her new role. What's her new, what's her comeback role going to be? 20 years from now, she's going to star in, like, The Whale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the Genesons. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, um, yeah, so kind of jumping right into these movies. Yeah. Um, going into the actual Oscars, two movies that were favorites in a whole bunch of categories. Um, and then... And one that actually won a bunch of them. I mean, Banshee's got completely shut out. out, That surprised me. That very much surprised me. And it felt... I know this isn't, like, a reaction to the Oscars, like, bracket, but I'm still, like, gonna react to that. Because it's, like, it's kind of wild because I genuinely thought these two were of my favorites of last year. And I thought (laughs) Banshee's was, like, a very, very safe, like, award, like, movie to give awards to for a lot of categories. Um, I would have personally loved for it to snag the screenplay, um, Oscar. Yep. That's I my it would. <laughs> that 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 was my at least giving it one sort of a deal. Like I feel like a movie like this deserves at least one award. Jesus Christ! Yeah. But no, uh, I guess um, yeah, yeah. And then you know everything everywhere just fucking killed it. It did kill it. And look, every single category that it won an award for i could i can maybe talk about like two that it probably didn't deserve it but all the rest were like no like they they did pretty well with mm-hmm. with how they picked it um yeah like it, it's a it's a great movie it's, great um, movie. it's just wild that that's you know we're on the the other side of the oscars and that was kind of the outcomes here mm-hmm. yeah um i guess also with that said um Alex, having, you know, maybe stewed a little bit more, have your feelings on Banshees changed? Have they gotten right. better, worse, about the same? Um, no, about the same. Um, and can you remind the audience in case for some reason some dummies are starting with episode three? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I was not a fan of Banshees. Um, watching it through, I just like felt like it was very Oscar baity. Um, well, you know, clearly not movie period piece. Yeah. Right. Well, unless, you know, the Academy was just trying to do something different. Right. Like, I mean, if you think about it, like, who, I guess they gave awards to all quiet and, you know, like big war movie, pretty kind of standard Oscar bait stuff. Um, but uh, I'm saying that having not seen the movie, um, <laughs> but it felt like, you know, they give a ton of awards to everything everywhere. They gave Brendan Fraser for the whale. Um, it felt like for a lot of things, they were giving it to movies who you wouldn't not necessarily expect to win, but who they like typically would not recognize. Historically, award, they like. would not recognize the yes. people who have won. Just, yeah, exactly. I could I could see that. But yeah, so Banshee's still not your vibe. Still not my vibe. I mean, I think I am less anti than I used to be, maybe. Mm. But 
Mm. So one thing I wanted to mention with these two movies, um, these two movies were both the two movies, the only two movies that uh, all four of their actors, their main actors got nominated. Um, And I think, you know, if we're comparing them, if this is like a comparative podcast, like how do we feel about each of the, if we put them 1v1 against the acting uh, performances turned in for each performance here, how are we feeling? How are we feeling about, you know, you have Michelle Yeoh versus Colin Farrell's performance, which I think is very difficult. You have Ki Hu Kwan versus Brendan Gleeson's performance. That's insane. You have Carrie Condon versus Stephanie Hsu. Um, or I guess more Carrie Condon versus Jamie Lee Curtis. And then Stephanie Hsu versus uh, Barry Keegan. Yeah. Like that's, that's, an, those are insane matchups to me. Um, it's very tough when I thought about it this way because I was really, really rocked by both performances um, in these movies for all of them. I was happy that all the actors got nominations for both. Yeah, I think it's re- I think it's really, really hard for me. I think talking Colin Farrell versus Michelle Yeoh to kind of, I guess, kick it up to the top. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we should start with the other direction, the supporting character. Um, <laughs> You're such I a silly they, man. My silly I little man. Am. I'm kind of silly today. <laughs> um, I think they both give really incredible performances. I think Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere, affords the ability to do a few more different types of things. Yeah. Which I think really yeah. helps if you're just like purely evaluating a performance is like what range are you given um, mm-hmm. with like different types of performances that you can fit into one role. Mm-hmm. And given the nature of the multiverse, yeah, given the nature of the multiverse, she gets a whole bunch of them and then also has a ton of emotional range at play, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which I think she kills. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So like huge points there. Simultaneously, my two cents on Colin Farrell's um, character, the emotional range is a little bit less um however there is like a really inspired realism to the performance i feel like like Mm -hmm, it's a very mm -hmm. nuanced performance um where lots of small aspects of it i think the subtleties are insane in his and that's i think what i liked a lot about it and what elevated the script for me is that like it seems so simple and then colin made it seem so simple you know like it it's really good there are, in particular, with Colin Farrell and Brennan Gleeson interacting, lots of little things that both of them are consistently doing, um, mm-hmm. be it physicalities, reactions, non-reactions, that really elevate their their respective roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah. that's what's part of what that is part is part of what is so cool about Banshees. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, you know, like the nature of everything everywhere gives the opportunity to be so many different types of characters in one role Mm -hmm. um, for basically the entirety of the cast. And I think that that um, is probably like at its baseline. One of the movie's biggest strengths in terms of its performances is that everybody has so much to do and it is inherently so varied. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Those are kind of like my my off the cuff thoughts. Yeah, I, I think that like you're right that I think everything everywhere you get more more just things to do. There, there's there's you know there's fight sequences like there's like you know multiverse shit where you just have to shove a hot dog in someone's mouth. Like there's 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 a lot there's there's a lot there, and they literally play with all these different genres from like romance to sci-fi and all that. So like yes, 
totally right. Um, I just get, I especially want to shout out Stephanie Sue and Barry's um, Barry Keegan's performance because <sighs> both of them are young actors who are like still like they're mm-hmm. up and coming now. And if I had to choose between both their performances, it's so hard. I think I would give it to Stephanie because she has more of the emotional like anchor to everything. Um, I think, but just Barry's the way he anchors his performance on a role where you can, you know, that role can be not as memorable. I feel like if you don't act it perfectly and I think he does, I I think he just does such a good job. So just like for young performances for both these movies to have two young performers who hopefully are going to continue to get more opportunities down the line. um, That's just really exciting for me and something that like, I really, really, when I was watching both of these movies, I really enjoyed seeing. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, Matt, you really hit the nail on the head with it's pretty difficult, I feel like, to compare the performances in these movies because, like you said, everything everywhere is like this expansive universe, like a multiverse where they get, you know, infinite possibilities, infinite range of roles, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, versus Banshees is so small um, and it's like deep. It's the performances have a lot of weight, but it's still so small and so simple. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's pretty tough. I feel like I would probably give it to Michelle between her and Colin Farrell. I think I really like Brendan Gleeson's performance. I think more than Colin Farrell's actually. Um, Mm. I feel like Colin Farrell's to me honestly felt a little stale. Like I felt like I got old, you know? I feel like Brendan Gleeson's because of the way his character is ramping up versus I feel like Colin is fairly desperate the whole time. You know, I feel like I got more from Brendan Gleeson, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I think the thing that's really interesting with that angle is in in terms of like philosophical depth, um, Brendan Gleeson um, and Carrie Condon's characters, I think, carry a lot of the like philosophical depth of character Mm -hmm. um to to your point colin farrell is a little bit less adaptive as a character as the the runtime goes on um yeah so i i i can see that i can see someone preferring brennan gleason's performance for sure well it's interesting because i feel like they definitely purposely separate these characters in the camps of for lack of like eloquent words right now like you have brendan carrie's character's being like, like the quote unquote intellectual smart yeah. ones, and then yeah. like Colin and Barry's are like the dummies of the town, um, yeah. and so like, it gets frustrating when the when the you know your main protagonist is one of the dummies, and he's faced with like two smart people saying things, and like you know if you are on the team of the the quote unquote intellectuals, then like you're not gonna really enjoy Colin sitting around and all that stuff, and Barry doesn't last long in the film either, so you know you don't. <laughs> Uh, you don't have as much time with him. So I, I think I think that's interesting. I do think Key's performance, though, might be my favorite of it's the so whole good. thing. Oh I think God. it's just the genuine earnestness of this performance. And then, like, at first it's just, like, fun. It's fun, it's great, it's all that. But then you get to his uh, In the Mood for Love kind of parody. Um, and then it's just, oh. like, the gravity in which all of a sudden he deals that genuine sincerity um, yeah. in like a serious suave way, like all of a sudden, I just think that like, it just sells it for me. It's such a beautiful thing. Um, and 
I, I genuinely think, like, without a doubt, he gave, like, the best performance out of all that. Um, he was stellar. Yeah. Jamie Lee, she was just having fun. Look, probably another <laughs> person should have won uh, in general. Um, I think for sure. Yeah. Um, if we're just talking people nominated for that category. Yeah. I would have preferred Carrie Condon or Stephanie Sue over Jamie Lee Curtis. Not to say yeah. it's a bad performance, but she she's just, yeah, as you said, kind of just like, She's going for it, which is awesome to see, but it's not exactly like a it's fun, highly nuanced. It's, fun. it's not a stand. Yeah, it's not. A, yeah. it's not a standout. Role I think if they were going to do the legacy mm-hmm. thing, sure. they should have just given it to Angela Bassett. And and I get it. And look, I love Jamie Lee. And like, look, during the Oscars, she shouted out genre films. They shouted out horror, which was really nice. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so excited about that because, you know famously snubbed that and she did come from like she literally thanked the people who like watched halloween like in her speech that shit doesn't happen so like i i I gotta like i i want to say yay to it but it is frustrating because i do think her performance is the weakest out of every like every one pitted against each other um for me it's not that i thought her performance was weaker i just felt like her role didn't have as much as what the others had like yeah, she had sure. she had less to work with For i think sure. she gave a fine performance but it's just the weight of what she did compared to um stephanie sue and is it carrie condon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just you know yeah it, it's hard like i th- i think she deserved it but maybe not compared to if we're just talking like that specific role i think is the you yeah. know yeah the the point um yeah because I think there is so much to love in Stephanie and Carrie's respective performances. Um, Again, not to like keep clawing on this fact that, oh, everything everywhere is a multiverse. So they have many options, but like without a a, there, I cannot think of a more eloquent, eloquent way to put it, but Stephanie just so fully embraced the idea of, taking on you know a a multitude of characters at one time Mm -hmm. and really like i think one of the the deceptively impressive things about her performance is like the commitments to physicality that come with all of those insane like Mm -hmm. as she is like jumping her way through like a bunch of different multiversal versions of herself the like so much character detail is changing. Like obviously her, her, per, the personality of her character is carried through from one to the other, but like the physicality and ways she, that she carries herself change, um, in a really impressive way. Yeah. Um, and then Carrie, I think just is such an important piece of what makes Banshees emotionally resonant, mm-hmm. um, of like, we talked about it a lot last time, that being the the innocent people kind of caught on the sidelines of this with um, Barry Keegan and Carrie's characters, mm-hmm. that there is so much opportunity to like show how much these sorts of things can hurt other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I really, really feel for Carrie, this yeah. idea of being stuck in a place that, you know, doesn't mm-hmm. quite understand you. Mm-hmm. and doesn't quite want to pay you the heed that you're deserved um and that and you, starts falling apart on you like yeah exactly even the things that you like loved or like we're thinking in your head oh i'm stankier because of this because of this yeah. those are the things that are starting to fall apart and that's heartbreaking but it's also great in a way and and i view it as kind of a positive thing where it's like 
she still found a way out. Like it's, it's not like the only way out was Barry's way. Um, it was there, there are other ways out, even if it's hard. And she literally had to like leave behind her only possession, which were her books. And like, that's like a really like beautiful, simple thing where she's like, Oh no, like I, I can start over, but in order to fully start over, I have to leave everything behind. Yeah. This idea of like leaving behind who you were, I think permeates through that character choice. Mm -hmm. You talking about her performance kind of brought me to a realization in a lot of ways. I feel like she is a stand in for like the audience, you know, in the way that she fights for Colin Farrell's character and like pleads with Brendan Gleeson to like, just get over it like yeah, move don't. on like just be his friend again yeah um, yeah because it seems like such a safe thing you're as an audience you're like yeah th- why is this the yeah. point of contention like <laughs> what why just stop stop it you know and i think a funny realization that i've just come to is that i think maybe i was too in there with her and so when she left i was like god i wish that were me <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i mean look that's um, how he it's how he read it though and that's, that's yeah you're valid. like i can't deal with this petty conflict yeah yeah but um, you can watch morbius for like 10 times but whatever i've only seen morbius the once too wow. many times morbius enjoyer identified identified <laughs> morbius i skipped the movie <laughs> You want to read? You want to read out loud what your name is on our uh, on our, our recording? No, okay. no, you're okay. Okay, cool. I just I just want to make sure. Do you want to read it out loud? No, God no. Matt, how about you? <laughs> I'm good. I'll I'll leave okay. that one where it lie. This um, is um this is gonna be some fun secret lore. I like secret lore. Sometimes the bits are for us, you know. Yeah, exactly. Why, Although maybe I'll just say it at some point, and then that'll be the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just name the episode that. Yeah, no context, wrong. name the episode that. No context, this is going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> um, okay, last last minute question before we unfortunately will have to vote here. Overall, if we're giving, th- this is for our best film of the year. This is for all encompassing all the nuggets. I think it was important, at least for me and my decision making process, because these are two of like, my favorite films last year to do the acting like, you know, back and forth because that was its major, I think that's its major pull. But overall, when we're talking about like our, our favorite picture of last year and like what that means, how do we feel about like overall story? Like, you know, how how these films made you feel like what you think the lasting impact will be? Cause we think about some of our other winners, like um, another round we think of like, you know, uh, (sighs) what, what won the year before? Um, or year after, year after. Only did it the once. <laughs> um, that was last year. Uh, nine days. Nine days was the Wait, other. Was, did we, have we done We've two done Oscars two. brackets? We've done two. This is our yeah. third. What? Yeah, this yeah. is our third. Um, so what? yeah, nine days. Another round are two of our. You know, like those. Those are the. Those are the heavy hitters of the tough cuts past two years. How are these two films making you feel? What is the lasting implication? Talk to me. Because that's where I'm stuck. The philosophy corner, you may say. All right, so we ran out of time for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, to touch on it really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one of the things I think. This is not what you were asking, but I'm dragging cool. us here. Awesome, great! <laughs> I love how I came up. You know, I'm leading us the way. I'm trying to give us comparisons, and then you're just. It's, um, it's fine. It's good. But it, it, it is one of the things I think bothered me the most about everything everywhere is its approach to philosophy. It utilizes a lot of um, 
certain perspectives on nihilism. Um, but they're like chiefly like pop nihilism, like, mm. Oh, you know, it's all going to be dust. So nothing matters, which I don't like. I do think it's possible to interpret that as, you know, it's Stephanie Sue's character. She's, I don't know. How old is she? She's like 19, 20 in the movie. She's a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, So like maybe like that's why it's characterized that way. But the movie does seem to treat it with some degree of seriousness. Like it's like a genuine perspective to carry, um, which I don't love. Mm. Um, But I do think it evolves out of that sort of at the end uh, and and instead turns to like (laughs) essentially is just (laughs) like Nah, we spit in those stinky nerds' faces. Yeah. What the hell are you talking about, girl? I feel like what class did you take where their conclusion was, yeah, we stink <laughs> we spit in these stinky nerds' faces. Where was that in your coursework? I mean, I I wanna I wanna jump in here. Yeah, jump in. Matt, I I agree that they like like yeah, they do the whole like nihilism, everything to dust, nothing matters. But I feel like the whole point of the movie is spitting in the face of that belief. Like they're saying how like people might believe this, but this isn't how you should treat the world. And I and like, yeah, the end is all about like, if nothing matters, then like everything should like then like everything should matter. You know, like it's different. And you know? I think yeah. even added on that, I think a very important note is the fact that you said you hated it when they reached the conclusion of that nihilism, right? I think the character also hated it. I think they're, they're trying to say that it's, it's, they don't want to feel that way. The daughter literally was like, I was searching for you this whole time, the mom, because I wanted you to look at that bagel and be like, no, I wanted you to pull me out. Like, so she still reaches conclusion, but sometimes you reach conclusions in life where you feel like nothing matters and you hate that you reach that conclusion. And I think that's the nuance that I personally liked in, in the way they talked about nihilism. It wasn't just like an angsty, nothing matters. And then like nothing matters. So like everything matters. It wasn't just that. It was the fact that they reached the conclusion that nothing matters and it sucked. You know, it just like was so debilitating and they didn't want to reach that, but like life bogged them down to that. So here, here's the thing is that like, I, like I agree with those interpretations to some extent. Um, However, like the movie was really close to being capable of being philosophically consistent with it. Um, <laughs> and and additionally, like, again, not to belabor this point, yeah. um, it was just like a little thing that was itching at me about this. Um, a number of people that watched this movie and told me that, like, it left them in a bad headspace afterward wow. directly relate to this point on pop nihilism and i think what this movie was like on the precipice of being able to do was instead flipping it at the end to like a nietzschean like a classical interpretation of nihilism and i feel like that was just like ball dropped for presumably like i don't know one in a hundred thousand people who watch the movie who like actually yeah. care about <laughs> well it's interpret- interesting like, i've never like, met someone who said they were interpretations no th- it is interesting because i still haven't met someone i've met people who don't like this movie and i'm just like whatever um but yeah. like i but i've never met someone who like liked the movie but then they were like it left me in a bad headspace i literally that's really the, interesting to me like one of I've the never, very I first recommendations that. i got told me do not watch this film if you're in a bad headspace it will make you that spiral feels that feels and i feel like i mean I, their feelings are valid but like i you know i yeah, would say that about that, like inside i wouldn't say that about like i would say that you know i'd say yeah like I don't know. Lots, lots of 
<laughs> right. But th- but that <laughs> is interesting. And coming from that head, like seeing that, that's and then you and, came from that perspective. And like maybe that's just coloring it is like mm. I feel like some people are taking away that interpretation. And to get yeah. to like the Nietzschean point on nihilism is like mm-hmm. nothing matters, which means that only the things in which we self-prescribe value to matter mm-hmm. is like the turn that this movie could have taken, but they don't really take. Um, and I, I think like they it, could have committed to more thoroughly. I feel um, like it does take that, though. It, like, I feel like that is. I feel term. like you it, it leaves it open for you to reach that conclusion. But I don't think it explicitly says it is what Matthew's trying to say. Like, guess, it, yeah. it's like it, it's it, not it, as like if you were thinking about it and you want to be like a, you know, positive nihilist person or whatever, like you could reach that conclusion with this movie. Like, the we talked about this with nine days a little bit last time mm-hmm. um again not to we are going to fall down this hole so quickly and i'm going to pull us out in a second like bill skarsgård's character in nine days it is it's bill right it is bill yeah Skarsgård. it is yeah. bill we um, love billy skarsgård he has like a pretty complete like nietzschean view on nihilism as a character mm-hmm. um and i i feel like this film gets really close to doing that, mm-hmm. um, but then steps off it and goes more in the direction you're kind of talking about, Alex, where it's instead like, like stuff should matter is basically yeah. like the conclusion it draws rather than self-prescribing it matters, which is like a nuanced difference. But again, we're, we're getting no, in the weeds. It's not I, that important. I, I mean, I think it's interesting. So like, I appreciate you bringing it up. I, I genuinely like, I, I think <laughs> I like it. That's why we do this. That's why we got three different personalities here who care about three different things. R- regardless, yeah. we can, um, I, I, if you guys want to give your thoughts as far as like, as a best picture, as your favorite film of the year between these two, or you can do that while you vote. It, you know, I, either way works. I, I, I don't want to do it while we vote. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we got to keep moving. <laughs> yeah. I can start. Uh, I'm going to do everything everywhere all at once. Um, because I liked it more. Hey, that's fair. Um, I and can, yeah, go for it. I, I feel like all my conversations, you guys probably know why I like it more. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and butt plug. That is the scene that Alex really that's, resonated with. That's yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna vote for a Banshees of Insurin because I'm really just trying to signal boost the movie that got shut out at the Oscars. <laughs> um, He's trying to appeal to me. Uh, uh, He's unlike, trying to appeal to me. Unlike like the you know film bro sort of people that like like no! the movies that win at the Academy. Like <laughs> that's not that couldn't no! be me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Jake, fair, Jake, that's exactly what you're going to do next time with Joey King. Exactly. <laughs> See, you don't know. I, that's what we call um, teeing it up, baby. <laughs> I, you know, I don't use this word often, but I'm going to. That was a cunty move. That was. That was a, Whoa. <laughs> um. So fine. I, it's, if we, you know, do collabs with Australians more, we're just going to have to get used to it. And I feel like America as a society, we need to, you know, desensitize ourselves. Um, look, this actually is very hard for me. But to turn it back on Matthew's head, he started talking about philosophical consistency. And, you know, I'm not all about that on the, on the show oh, notoriously. No! <laughs> so I got to vote for everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> You said you mentioned the phrase philosophical consistency uh, and yeah, can't do it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So everything everywhere all at once um, advances. And yet again, three years running, Jake just keeps uh, shooting perfect. 
Um, <laughs> the man can't be stopped, but apparently Jake just has good taste in movies as we ha- fucking inflated his head about during the Jake bracket. <laughs> I, I, I knew eventually this would turn on me. You guys were so sweet. You guys were so sweet and nice in the Jake bracket. Like, literally the most compliment. I Like, I literally almost teared up recording, like, t- two different times. And I knew eventually... They would just turn around and be like, I fucking hate him. Like, I, do, I hate, I hate him. Hey, you know what? I love that you have good taste because it means that you can filter me movies you think I would like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you do. And it's so sweet. I do. Anyway. I love recommending movies. Let's go to the best matchup that an- we have so another far. matchup. Um, and Jake, you can go ahead and introduce Barbarian as I get shot into the dark. For I know. I saw that. Uh, I sure will. <laughs> Barbarian, horror movie directed by Zach Krieger. Uh, it's about... You're, I, I mentioned horror movie and Matthew's lights are flickering on and off like some Nosferatu shit. Um, it's Malignant. I love Malignant. I know. <laughs> Malignant should have won instead podcast. of Nine Days. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and, and I pitched both. I'm crazy. Uh, Barbarian <laughs> is about... Uh, <laughs> Barbarian is about... Uh, woman who goes and rents an airbnb um and oh surprise the airbnb is already taken by someone but they she convinces her uh to come on inside uh the mix-up we don't want you out it's it's nighttime it's dangerous in the city um and then bad shit happens uh and that's that's pretty much the synopsis um yeah, yeah that's it thank you um, all right, so I can go ahead and um, talk about the movie I pitched. Not no, <laughs> what? No, uh, no. Bullet, Bullet Train. train. Stop. Bullet Train. I don't have it pulled up yet. <laughs> Bullet Train was released in 2022, <laughs> directed by David Lynch. <laughs> Brad Pitt is an assassin on a train. Thank who, you. Who else Shut is your there? dirty mouth. Who else is there? Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson is there. True. Um, I know you're waiting for a specific name, Bad Jake. But because, I re- because I respect Matt, I'm not going to say here's it. Here's the thing. We're not. Here's the thing. We're not thinking about it, guys. Think of Nine Days. Nine Days had Zazzy Beats and True. Bill Skarsgård. True. Uh, oh my who's God. this matchup against? Zazzy Beats and Billy Skarsgård. Wow. We have okay. a type. And I'm okay with that. And I'm I'm more than okay. I'm I would, very I, okay. I, with I love. I, I'm, I'm pretty okay. I love these two so much. I want Bill Skarsgård. I, if so. anything, Bullet Train should have had more Zazzy Beats. That's all I'm going to say. So, yeah, that's true. Okay, talking about these movies, sort of like <laughs> they're fun as hell. Right into it. Yeah, they're fun as hell. But I also feel like they are like they are deceptively smart movies. Yeah. Yeah. Bold claim. We started to get into it a little bit with Barbarian, and it kind of like open my mind's third eye Mm -hmm. of like how much other stuff is going on in barbarian that is i think genuinely really smart i love watching it a second time because you pick up on like so like it's great it's great i encourage watching it a second time with someone it, it is also like there are some movies that end up having smart interpretations by accident I think Barbarian, a lot of the smart stuff is super intentional. The mm-hmm. like, super difference intentional. in the way they, to call out a specific way they, they frame um, Tess versus um, Justin Long, AJ, going down into the, the basement is intentionally very different. They're, they're even like coding it in different types of light, mm-hmm. which is 
super intentional and wild of like on a, I don't know, metatextual level, what it can say about the experiences <laughs> of men versus women in scary mm-hmm. situations and lots of other stuff. Oh, no, that stuff is really good. I mean, the whole premise is fucking with the audience because they know they're smart enough to know that the audience will be like, oh, we know where this is going. We're being smart. Like, this is, we don't try, like. You you cast Bill Skarsgård. Be serious. You cast Bill Skarsgård. You cast Bill Skarsgård. You call the movie Barbarian, which has its own, like, connotations. Mm -hmm. The scene where she wakes up in the middle of the night and he's, like, muttering in his sleep. Like, of course you're going to think he's the the monster. Mm -hmm. It's, it. And it's then so you think, like, even with that, another added layer is that when, you know, our surprise twist happens and then we cut to Justin Long and it says Barbarian, we're like, oh, wait, is he the Barbarian? Because he's fucking atrocious in yeah, this movie like as well. Yeah, he's a bad dude. Yeah. And it's <laughs> they should have put him and in the And we still man. have big mommy milkers. So it's like, what, what's going on? <laughs> I actually, I Googled it because I was interested, like, why the movie is called Barbarian. Um, the director and the the writer talk about how it was kind of a placeholder name and like that's what they used while it was like in production and stuff and mm-hmm. they just never they never changed it and like partway through they were like yeah this kind of fits this is like pretty good we like what it says and they just kept it but they don't like really know why that's cute that's cute yeah. were you was the point you were gonna make Matthew was where barbarian is on purpose smart. Are you saying bullet trade is like accidentally? <laughs> if you really think about it, bullet trade is a really smart, complex movie. Is that because that's I kind of agree with you, and it's highlighted it's, by Joey King. <laughs> but I, I agree with you that it's like accidentally. Like I don't think bullet train was trying to be anything except for fun. I genuinely believe that. I yes. think this is the best example of a film that got way too much money than usually this kind of idea gets, which is great, <laughs> but it's like, holy shit, did, did you not need to spend this much money on this movie? Like, it's exciting that it did. It's fun because of it, but... it's. I think you're right. You know? It's wild because it afforded them the opportunity to cast so many yeah. people for ostensibly lots of roles that are on screen for like three minutes cumulatively. Bad Booney yeah. gets a whole backstory and then <laughs> dies right away. That is hilarious. <laughs> Which, yeah. like, that, you, you essentially cracked my point open before I could make the point, is Barbarian, I think a lot of it's intentional. Bullet Train, I think a lot of it is accidental. Um, I think that they constructed Bad Bunny's character and built the backstory to make explanations for other people rather than them trying to intentionally like make statements on, I don't know, any number of things. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Any number Um, of things. (laughs) Be it like, you know, the like butterfly effect type um, view of like rippling effects of our actions or like, I don't know. Cartels are dangerous, yo. Like, <laughs> no, they're clearly fun. <laughs> Come on, you can you hang out with Bad Bunny as he kills people. Um, <laughs> or like, I I think that it is a movie built on a a lot of like callbacks and payoffs that a lot of films um, will set up and call back to so overtly they like hit you over the head. Whereas I feel like Bullet Train 
which I think is a symptom of its pacing issues and less so that they <laughs> forgot to include them. <laughs> the pacing is that they like have wild. lots of like really good payoffs to little things. You know, and like, it's hard because they they nailed chemistry, but like in pockets. Like there are pockets <laughs> of people who have chemistry, and then don't match the chemistry of the other people who have good chemistry. So then, when the characters meet, because they will, because we're on a fucking train. Like it's like, <laughs> why is this such a total difference? And what's going Which, on? Yeah, Again. I feel like there's the like oh. big issue. I feel like is that the people who made Bullet Train, I think they wanted to make a movie. That was like their cult classic favorite films and they got too much money and then it went like it went completely wrong in the right way if that makes sense. Like yeah and I think that super makes sense even tying in so far as like these weird tonal differences between the chemistry of characters and pockets Mm -hmm. like it translates to at least in my mind again likely accidentally um the 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 this underlying idea that you have like multiple groups of assassins on one train that are all from like different organizations trained by different people act so wildly differently almost like they are plucked from entirely different movies yeah like it feels for example we jump to bad bunny's backstory and it feels like a different movie yeah like mm. and the fact that these characters have no chemistry when they interact sometimes Okay. Like accentuates yeah. that feeling. And I think that that is a accidental. I don't think they did that on purpose, but I don't know anymore. I think I, think I have a great comparison. So did you, you guys saw Multiverse of Madness? Yeah. You know how everyone was shitting on that movie because all of the Illuminati scenes were filmed separately. So no one met each other. Yeah. So it was all filmed separately, like no adventure. That's what this movie feels like, except they all were in the same room. It feels like everyone is on a green screen <laughs> acting alone. <laughs> and they just like are giving a bunch of no one is talking to each other like they are there. But it's somehow it also, accomplished with everyone but, yeah. being together. Go ahead, Alex. Yeah. I just I feel like the one in this movie, truth be told, who stands out the most and does not belong at all is Brad Pitt. Right? Am I crazy about that? I feel like his character, because his, his like backstory and character are so small, like the other ones are so defined, right? Like you get big flashbacks for each of the other characters. And for him, he's just like the one you follow at the beginning and then he's on the train. Like he's almost like so even level compared to the rest that he like doesn't fit. Yeah. See, I love Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian T- uh, Tyree Henry. Like, I love oh, yeah, they're that great. duo. I, I think they Lemon were my favorite. Lemon Tangerine. Love them. And they have, like, such emotional resonance. Yeah. But, but just they- to, like, really quickly <laughs> respond to Alex's point, the fact that Brad Pitt plays a character that is, like, in-universe, not even supposed to be there, it, yeah. it helps to sell that feeling. It works. It's so... It. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Is, like, they they i i don't know how intentional it was it feels like they didn't do it on purpose or i think they didn't but it worked out and it feels smart as a result and i don't know i feel like we want to believe i think we want to believe in in that it's purposeful so like that we we, like we're almost like in on the joke like because if this movie feels like it holds you hostage right (laughs) and okay but here's the here's the thing about okay if it's intentional or if it's not, I almost think it's better if it's an accident because it's like 
it's this like beautiful thing, right? If it's intentional, you know, it's like it's a work of art, like it was labored <laughs> over, like it was made. But I feel like if it's an accident, it's almost more rare, you know? It's like the stars aligned to <laughs> like fate needed bullet train to exist as it was. It was not the work of one man, one writer, one woman. It was fate, fate made itself, a bullet. Right. Bullet train was a movie made by fate. And it, that's just what is so wild about this movie. It's it has pacing problems galore. It has weird <laughs> character chemistry. Like it it has a lot of tonal odds, which I just think are I mean, I don't know. I think contribute in a fun way. Like but it all adds up to a movie that is ostensibly like a tight 90. That's just a good time. Yeah. For sure. You feel like you are being held hostage it's in that like, tight 90, but... <laughs> I don't know if I want to call it a good movie or just... Enjoy- like, this is the perfect example of a movie that is enjoyable, but I don't know if out loud I would say it's good. And, and like, that's not a bad thing. Not all movies need to be good masterpieces. Like, it's fine. But <laughs> on the other side, it's, it's like we have to compare these movies. I feel Barbarian is a good movie, an intentionally movie, and it's still a very, very fun time. Like, yeah, it's... That's the hard yeah. Wild. It's it's hard. Like, actually comparing these films. I know I opened up this whole conversation with this idea of being, like, smart in an intentional way and smart in a faded way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, like, cutting through that a little bit to start peeling back, where I want to go with this, um, the issues that are present in Bullet Train, I think, are pretty apparent. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. I think the pacing problems probably more chiefly chiefly than anything else. On the flip side of the coin, um, Barbarian. As far as what I see, sort of its chief issue being, mm-hmm. um, I think some of it ties back to uh, mommy herself. Mm. <laughs> like be careful talking shit about mommy just heads up i know i don't want to get my head crushed <laughs> yeah, just, just, <laughs> um, just he- heads, heads up I, I, I think the like first 45 minutes and the initial reveal are essentially like a perfectly crafted reveal yeah it's 100%. so good because even i don't know i don't know about you guys but even up until the moment that bill Skarsgård gets his head smashed i'm like it still could be him. It's still no. Could be him. I thought so too. I was like, "Here's fifty ways <laughs> Bill Skarsgård could still win it." Like, yeah, it's like you know. From there, sort of, you have like another really good third, and then you get to they're both trapped in, and the movie starts to turn a little bit more into a. I think after the last time jump back, um, it sort of starts to turn into a more conventional kind of monster movie. And I think that, in my mind, is where Barbarian dropped some of its ball. And I feel like tying back to Barbarian being smart for good ways, it drops the ball for, like, I don't, I I feel like accidental reasons. Like, they wanted their cake and they wanted to eat it too. Hmm. Are you Um, saying, like, how, like, you don't feel like... Like, the first half is so smart in the way it talks about, like, gender and, like, societal roles and things like that and how, like... Because I, I agree with you if if I think this is what you're saying of like mommy milkers as a monster doesn't necessarily like 
her character is not entwined in those questions that the first half raises as much as the movie wants it to be, I think. And then it's difficult for me because I I totally get that point. And and I, I think, I think this movie was purposely crafted to be separated in these different instances because of that. Like, I think the first half is that. And then I think the second half talking about celebrity and talking about the male, like kind of ego and stuff you have Justin Long's character. And then you have the flashback, the second flashback um, where it's, it's detailing the stories of a serial killer guy who's also about male ego and about creating this like perfect. And like, you know, it's, it's fucked up. It's perverse. It's not good at all. Like he created this like, you know, monster uh, because he's an abuser. Um, it's paralleling Justin Long's story as well. And I actually think the third act, it does, like, I get it. They're raising a lot of stuff and it's hard to beat that beginning, especially because you miss Billy Skarsgård. You want him back. You showed me <laughs> Billy Skarsgård. I want my Billy Skarsgård. Um, but I think the fact that Justin Long's character is still alive in the end and then at the very end pushes, like, her, like, off. Like, the, like I think it's still smart because you're like, the whole time, I'm, like, all of a sudden less afraid of Bobby Milkers. It's not about the fear of that. It's the fear of this. This He can't keep getting away with it. He's a bad guy. <laughs> it, uh, which, uh, to the movie's credit, I do think Justin Long is tremendously characterized. Yes. Um, oh, my God. When he through. shoots the girl, too, in the tunnel. When he, like, it, oh, oh, yes, I'm so fantastic. frustrated at this man. I think... I think it's hard because we're coming at it pers- the, from we're coming at it from the perspective of three straight men. I feel like so much of the movie it's about gender role and like that kind of thing, but I think it also like more specifically is about sexual assault and the way that mm-hmm. that affects the way that that affects people. Because if you look at it more from perspective of sexual assault, right? Like at the beginning, Bill Skarsgård is like hitting on her, flirting with her. Mm-hmm. Um, like some of it is reciprocal, some of it's not, but. Like, I think that and when you like are in a house with a man who you don't know, um, who is vaguely creepy, like that's the fear, right? I feel like that is the through line rather than specific gender constructs, because that then I think ties it very well all together because AJ is dealing with that. Like that is how mommy milkers was created. Right. Yeah. Well, you I know? think it's, it's, it's also male privilege. It's, it's men think they could do yeah. anything with no consequences. This man, like, you know, uh, he's like, I mean, they have the conversation. They're yeah. like, Oh, if you were already here and I showed up second, Bill scars is yeah. like, Oh no, I like, I would, I would come in without a second thought, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, there are through lines of this idea of male privilege as well. Male privilege, like, Justin yeah, Long getting away like he want. has like real say, whatever. The guy like being like, oh, like all of their pro, all of the things that the men do in this film, only, like they, they're affecting the women. Like they're, they're affecting all the women and the women just have to fucking start. Like even with mommy, like it's literally. She becomes a, you like reinterpret mommy as like a victim of circumstance. Yeah. Well, and at the end, she does some, right. mm-hmm. and at the end, she does something heroic. Yeah, right? she's like, she not, is not a monster. monster yeah, end. she's not. I mean, she does. Kill. No, she is still. Yeah, I mean, we've though all, we only no, see her kill good. men. Yeah, that's an interesting point too. Huh? Look, if you're gonna support women's rights, you have to support women's wrongs, and I think. That <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Jake is voting for Bullet Train. <laughs> yeah, tearing, tearing that homeless man's arm off was in fact uh, a wrong. With that said, I think we should vote. Yes, we we should. Great that, stuff, though. I, I really I, I love this was matchup, a, and I really think it's yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. Huh? It's a lot to think about. 
Um, I think I am confident in what I want to vote for, so I, I can go first on this one. Um, I'm going to vote for Barbarian. I, I, I think that all the conversations that we had about it are valid. And honestly, the bullet train <laughs> stuff, it's mesmerizing to me. Like, it, it does fix me. <laughs> but um, I, I think that I'm just more impressed. Like, we keep finding new things every time we talk about this movie. And I don't need to go into my spiel about, you know, horror and all that stuff. But I, I just, I, I love this movie. So I'm putting it forward in my vote. Uh, yeah. So I can follow up Jake here. Um, in the spirit of supporting women's rights, and women's wrongs. Um, yeah. There's only one movie for me, baby. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> Don't you dare. Joey King may be good in Bullet Train, but I've also got to support all the other work she's done. So I'm uh, I'm going to vote for Bullet Train. This is a vote wow. for Wish Upon all over again. It is. Women's rights and women's wrongs. It's a vote for Wish Upon. It's a vote for Slender. It's a vote for Kissing Dudes 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> I hate you. Wow. It's your fault. I didn't want to be here. <laughs> um, well, that leaves it to you, Alex. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, I want to vote for Oh god, it's so hard. I feel like I'm losing my baby. Um, I'm going to vote for Barbarian. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which means Jake gets two movies in the finale, but that's okay. Um, I, I, I like think... was actually out of breath with that. <laughs> um, they're both really good, and I we say this a lot. I could go either way on any given day. Um, I feel like, I feel like, um, I really like, I really like a lot of the intentional stuff barbarian does um not to say that bullet train stuff definitely isn't intentional might not be bullet train's really fun go watch bullet train if you haven't if you're just like looking for something to watch at the end of the night it's a good time yeah it's just a really fun movie that the more you think about it the more you end up in its tangled web of like was this on purpose <laughs> yeah, and no, that's part I, of the mystery. Honestly, that was the best argument you could have made for Bullet Train, like during <laughs> during this. And look, it made it to the semis too. So I could have voted either way, truly. Um, if you liked the episode, remember to rate and review the show on all your favorite podcasting platforms, and follow us on social media. If you're listening, your honorable mentions. Well, give us your best film of of last year, and we'll shout it out in the next episode. It'll be great. Yeah, so with that, our finale is going to be Barbarian versus Everything Everywhere all at once. Um, so remember, one of those films was a critical darling loved by the Academy. <laughs> the other one is an underground little fighter. <laughs> and in multiple ways. <laughs> um, so if you enjoyed today's episode, recommend it to someone who's a scrappy underground little gal. <laughs> What what persona took over your brain? Are you doing a Joey King impression? <laughs> no! Are you doing a Joey King impression right now? Oh my god, we're close.